If you have Bibles, you can open up to Mark chapter 4. We're going to be in the very last section of Mark 4. Starting in verse 35. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Jesus said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this? that even the wind and the sea obey him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. So we just finished um, a, a large section of teaching in the Gospel of Mark last week on the seed parables, which if you don't know what those are, those are like these ways of Jesus teaching us about what the kingdom of God is like. And in Mark, he just doesn't have a lot of like teaching moments for Jesus. There's a lot of action. So when Jesus says anything for an extended amount of time in this Gospel, you really want to listen. You know it's important. So in this section of text, basically what Jesus is saying is the kingdom of God is very much like seeds, and he gives several ways in which that is true. And basically what he's saying is there is so much to life with God that feels hidden at some point, um, that there is a, a sort of darkness like seeds in the earth. You know, if you've ever planted anything, and like me, you're like 50% of the time, maybe it'll work out. Um, with God, it will always work out, but there is still this moment of like darkness and hiddenness where you're waiting for the thing to come to fruition. There's a sort of hiddenness in our life with God. There is also in our life with God a sort of apparentness, you know, when the thing actually finally grows and then you go out every morning and it's like doubling in size. Have you ever had that experience? Got a garden if you really want to know what God is like, it turns out. Um, you, you find that there's like this the fruit, you know, and it makes up tenfold for all the time of the darkness. And all of us have had moments like this, both moments like this, where there is a time in our life where God really feels hidden, or the things of, the, of our spiritual lives feel really dark um, and, and hidden. There are also moments in our life, probably why you're in this room right now, where God feels really apparent, where the work of God in your life, there's, there's things that happen where you're like, there is no other explanation for this thing other than the existence of a God who loves me. And so those, those moments fill up all those other dark and hidden moments. But it's important to say that like these two things are the reality of our faith, you know? That there is like, we do the things in faith that feel sometimes like we're in the darkness and we move towards those moments where um, things kind of grow, you know? There's, there's fruit in our life with God. So these parables are just brilliant because they explain what it means to be a human in relationship with the God of the universe. So when Mark launches into the story that we're in today, which comes right after all of these seed parables, he's giving us a sort of explosive picture of the, the whole seed reality into a brief moment in time. Um, it's a very Mark way to do things. So the disciples are in this boat with Jesus on the sea trying to cross, and a great storm arises. The boat's overtaken by water, and Jesus is in the stern asleep on a cushion, which is just funny. I mean, you have to think, like, when they told this story, it had to be a little bit funny to imagine that. The fact that they include in the cushion part is just like, that's funny. Um, so what we see happening here is a kind of seed parable come to life. The disciples themselves are in a moment of hiddenness. The power of God seems hidden, 
or like the rest of their life even feels like it's hidden. Like they're in a moment where they're near death and they don't know what's going to happen. They're in like the spiritual darkness in this moment. By how shocked they are at the end of the story, I don't think they expected Jesus to calm the storm. I don't think they woke him up because they were like, do something. I think they woke him up because they were like, dude, you're about to die and you should care about that. And you should care about us being, you know, on our way to death as well. Jesus, like a dormant little seed, sleeping on a pillow in this boat. And when they wake him up, they ask their question, you know, do you not care that we're perishing? And he, in turn, calms the storm and then asks them like a two-part question, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And what he's saying in that question is like, don't you know me by now? Or didn't you hear the teaching I gave where I said that life would feel like this sometimes? And then the final question is asked, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? So for me, this story built off of these seed parables is exactly what it feels like to be in relationship with God, to be friends with God. We learn from him, we're his disciples, we're walking in the way of Jesus, and then something overshadows him. We come into places of darkness, we feel the, the silence um, that can sometimes happen in our lives spiritually. And then Jesus comes through, not at the time nor in the way in which we would have him, um, and yet always does, is always surprising with how he comes through. And we move into a season of wonder and trust and understanding him better and more deeply. Like, this is the life cycle of a person of faith. We're, like, seeing it in, in very, like, explosive terms in front of us here. So what I want all of us to take away from this is, if you feel like you're in a moment of hiddenness with God, which I think all of us have likely experienced at some point recently, if not right this second, um, you're a human you're a person who's trying to figure out what it means to be a Christian, to have faith, to believe Jesus. This is a common experience for those of us throughout history. We see it all the time, even in the Bible, when you're like, if anyone should have had faith, you know, it's these guys. And here we are many, many years later, and we're still struggling with the same thing. And Jesus himself in, in the Gospel of John says, like, can't you imagine, Thomas, how, um, how hard this will be years from now? Can you please believe, you know, for their sake? So you're a human. But also, these moments are opportunities to trust. I genuinely believe that the miracle of this story is, is less about the calming of the sea and more about the trust that is built between Jesus and his followers. Miracles for Jesus were always about relational reconciliation, about trust building, bringing people, people deep, more deeply into life with him and in line with his kingdom and all of these things for his glory. That's why he did what he did on earth. So I say to you as your friend um, and pastor, at some point for us, we have to decide that Jesus is the non-negotiable thing in our life as Christians. That when everything feels shaken, our first question isn't like, where is God? But like, God, thank you for being here with me while I ask all these other questions, you know? And that's not to shame doubt, but to say that like Jesus is a firm foundation and we have the opportunity as, as people of God to, to stand upon that foundation and believe Jesus, believe God for who he is, for who he says he is. When I was going through a kind of moment, you know, moment, spiritual moment of hiddenness in my own life a long time ago, where I felt like I kind of lost my footing spiritually and needed to start over from scratch, 
I decided that I was just going to write down everything that I knew to be true about God. It was a very short list for a very long time because it takes a long time to rebuild after seasons like that. And the only one I remember, and I think it's because it was on there for, for a very long time by itself, is Philippians 1.6, which is God will bring to completion. Um, he who began a good work in you will bring it to the day of completion, a.k.a. God will finish what he has started in me. And I remember writing that down because I see it in something in my bones shakes, you know, like I know that to be true in the deepest places in me, that what God has started in this world and in me in particular, he will complete. I've seen it, I've seen it grow too much to deny that that is, that's the truth. That's the telos for me and for you as Christians, that the end is really good and we're just in the middle somewhere. And the opportunity to lean in and trust Jesus is always there before us. He will finish what he has started in me became my anchor in those like stormy hidden moments. It's still that for me. It's, it's my prayer when things are hard. When I have trouble reading the Bible, when my, my lens feels confusing, I put on the lens of like God is faithful to finish what he has started in you and it changes the way that I engage with God. So in those moments, I, I hold on for dear life and I risk on Jesus because he's worth all the risk. He's so faithful and he's so good. And he wants us to lean into that in moments of hiddenness rather than fear around him and what he is doing to actually lean into the trust and the foundation that he's built for us. So that for me is the invitation of, of this text and the life of Jesus itself is to trust him more. The invitation that is given to all of us this morning and our whole lives through, I wrote it on my hand, we prayed it in the psalm, is to bring you into the harbor which you were bound for. That is life with Jesus, where you don't have to question if your, your good is a part of the thing, a part of life. Like God always has it at the forefront of his mind, growing you into the best version of yourself for the glory of God. Your goodness is in the hands of a God who is very, very good. And he wants to bring you into that. Not shame you for your doubts or questions in the hiddenness of things, but bring you deeper into his own heart and hide you there in the hidden places. Amen. Go with God this week. Bless you, friends. It's so good to have you here. We'll see you next Sunday. Amen. Hello, friends. This is Matthew, the lead pastor at Emmanuel Anglican Church in East Atlanta. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We are disciples of Jesus who are seeking his kingdom and the flourishing of our neighbors. And if you want to find out more about Emmanuel and what's going on, just hop over to our website. The address is Emmanuel, that's with an I, EmmanuelATL.org. Thanks so much. God bless you. Grace and peace.